Die podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Scott Woods. Hello, Bill. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to talk about social media. Um, where to begin? Uh, uh, <laughs> is it, can it, definitely is, it, can it be a stumbling block to, uh, to your spiritual life, uh, maybe even the holiness? Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Father Jack. Yeah, so, you know, as, as the guy in the room who's, who's the millennial, right? Uh, it, it's, Ow. I, it's true, though. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, well, that was always one of my big, one of my first ordained. Oh, you know, by the way, Father Larry, who's not here, still not a millennial. Still not a millennial. He's yeah. still, he's still Gen Xer. That's right. Um, and, and there is something different to it. So, like, you know, but even even for me, you know, who who I, I know my technology pretty well, and I'm and I'm pretty hip to the the trends of the social world. But uh, but the reality is like that this is still a, a, like a secondary device to me. Like with my phone, and like and technology are still kind of a little bit off from from my norm. Um, and there's actually a very I, I fight for this trend to stay, but I. You know, this whole idea of like social media, when I, you know, it's often pointed to as like, all right, young people, like, how do you deal with it? Right. And, and why do I, why did I bring up that I'm a millennial in the room is because when one of my parishes, uh, we're sitting in this room and I am the youngest person by half. Right. So, I mean, everybody's 60 plus and they're sitting there and they're going back and forth on what young, young adults want. And I finally just went as the only person in the room who's 30 years old or under the age of 60 and then waited for any of them to like correct me. And they couldn't, I was like, (laughs) this is what young people actually care about. And then they ignored me and continued on their committee meeting for the 15th time about something that they were never going to do. But sometimes like it helps to be a younger voice. And we were, we were actually going to bring one of our teens on to talk about, and I won't, I won't call her out as to who it is, but I was like, I was like, oh, this would be perfect. You could come in and you could like explain social media to like adults. Like that'd be great. She goes, yeah, father, I don't have any social media. I know nothing. And I was like, all right, well, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. 17 years old, no social media. No, no, no not a look, which is great, which is oh. like heroic almost at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it also probably is why she's a bit happier than most of her peers. You know, the, because that's kind of the thing though, is that social media has this, this, this tool that is, or it is, it is a tool in general that is by nature neutral. How it then gets used is, and has been used over the past, let's say decade or so, I would argue, and I'm not, I'm very much not alone, has been very much negative. And then it's very severely affecting our culture and, and society. Um, and, and we'll kind of go through a couple of those ways before we kind of get into like, the, and we'll kind of probably just intersperse, how it affects the spiritual life oftentimes with that stuff. But, um, but I, I like to base a lot, I base a lot of my thought processes on social media off of one book, which I know it sounds kind of dangerous, but it's really well researched name. iGen. Why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood and what that means for the rest of us. It's by a Dr. Jean uh, Twangy, as I think I've heard her name pronounced. I don't know if that's really how it's said, but... T-W-E-N-G-E. And this book was recommended by uh, Bishop Barron and the Word on Fire Institute as like, if you want to understand social media, like do this, you know, read this. And then, and then there's a documentary 
that I know Father Larry and I mentioned months back about uh, called The Social Dilemma, and both of them, worth your time. Um, and Social Dilemma, I think, is still free on Netflix, uh, so worth worth looking up if you can get a, get your hands on it. Um, but the basic premise is that, or anyway, so Gene Twenge, Dr. Twenge, makes the argument that we should be calling the generation below millennials the iGen. She says, because for, for a millennial, they were introduced to technology early, but it, it wasn't, wasn't natural. So for the generation below the millennial, you've had technology in your hands since you were like five at the latest, you know, if, like, if your parents fought technology. Oh, yeah. and, and so like it makes a culture, it makes an individualistic difference. Like it makes a who you are, an identity difference um, because of the really rapid introduction of technology. Um, and, and then, so, so, I mean, I think it's hard because, you know, we, we call social media, social media, but it is kind of a purposefully ambiguous term, right? Like, you know, the, the initial media, right? Print media was, is like newspapers, journals, those kind of things. And then it became, you know, electronic media and you had basically televisions and radio. And, and I think, I think what you see in the transitions of these things is that print media has always had this certain built-in slowness to it. Um, you know, uh, you you wrote the words down. I wrote the words. I then handed it to Father Scott as the editor, and then he looked it over, and then he sent back corrections before I gave it to, to Bill, who would be the printer, who would give it one final look to make sure it wasn't complete garbage, and, and then it got printed, you know? But... Then with TV and radio, you kind of saw that you didn't need all of that. You still needed you had some control, for sure. You got to pick who was the speaker. But they were they could pretty much say as they wanted. You know, you could go live. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big step. With social media, it's even worse. It, not only does it have to be live, but you don't even get to control the person speaking anymore. And so I think we got, you know, that's where this needs to be something uh, – it's something worth reflecting on in terms of like how we, how we kind of come to an understanding of, of what social media is. So rather than kind of listing off all the platforms for social media, which we could, we could sit there and go, all right, well there's Facebook and Facebook does this and Twitter does this. And you know, Reddit is this and TikTok is that. And you know, you, you know, I'm just showing off that I, I'm a very hip. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but rather <laughs> take off the glasses <laughs> <laughs> and uh, rather than just like sitting there, it's, it's good to just kind of say it's, it's all of the platforms. Cause they're always, you know, always morphing uh, that basically allow us, allow us to connect with one another and share information rapidly. So basically most things on the internet, um, not all, I would say, I think there's still some kind of older school, uh, things, but, um, but I know, you know, maybe just, I just want to kind of give that caveat and maybe Father Scott, maybe if you want to agree or disagree, please go for it. That, that social media really is meant to be an, it is a neutral thing, at least from the start, the use of it, I think it's very dangerous, but. Yeah, I think I agree with you completely. I think I think it's in and of itself it was meant to be neutral, and, and but it's now the way it's been used, and I think you're going to go into some of the details about how that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I mean, we can kind of, you know, this is something I think everyone kind of talks about, but, and Bill heard me lose my mind a little bit earlier when, when he brought up 
because he said he made the the claim, and I think he's right, that the worst of all social media is Twitter, um, and and I could not agree more. Was it was that because so <coughs> so all social media has this kind of peer to peer connectedness, right? Uh, you know, Facebook has had a has had a wall since its foundation, but people comment regularly on things, you know since I was in like junior year of college, right? 15 years ago. Um, you know, YouTube has always had a, more or less always had a comment feature, you know, all these things have, have this, but Twitter also has that, but also built into it as itself, like uh, in its plan is that you have to be very short, right? So it used to be 140 characters. Now I think it's 280. I think they doubled it because that's what, what is it? Is it a megabyte of data? Yeah, and it's still taking, yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so the idea was that like you can only give a megabyte of data worth of information at a time. Okay, well now have a nuanced conversation where you get 140 characters, and and I told Bill, and this is you know, the well-known fact of of Sacred Heart Parish and and the probably the deeper dive podcast listening community is that I cannot stand the phrase "offer it up." <laughs> I I absolutely th- it's, there's a couple other ones like that, um, but I just think it's I think it's you know trite and all, all these other negative words but basically i know we have to offer it up but you telling me offer it up is i don't care about you just shut up already you know and that's what i think twitter encourages is let's not nuance this let's not give a real explanation to a very difficult topic let me just get my soundbite out there and and so that is my claim for it's the worst of it that being said i think there's more it's it's the difficulty of saying that is that there are um, more morally objectable material maybe on other sites, although I think Twitter has just as much of it um, <laughs> that you can make the argument for. Um, but but at the same time, I think we got... Um, it's just something to kind of keep in mind is that Twitter gets nasty very quick, and I think it's because people can't say nuanced things. Uh, they okay, I've got 280 characters to both call you a name, mm-hmm. tell you how you're wrong, mm-hmm. and tell you my point, and it's hard to do. So a lot of times it just comes down to be calling you a name. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, because that's and like and we kind of laugh about it, and like literally anybody who's reading these things is like laughing, like ah, this is great. And the reality is like it, it's awful. <laughs> and and uh, and there are times I I have left. I'm and I absolutely mean this. Sounding like the you know the old geezer in the room. I've left Twitter feeling like I need to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's the worst of humanity right now. Mm-hmm. It, it and I think it most of the reasons for what you say I, I would agree with as to why why Twitter seems to be the just the cesspool of social media. Yeah, and, and I, but I think it also helps. You know, into like how do we how have we gotten to this point where this is how we talk and that, the, the, that's like acceptable? Because I don't think Twitter, when you know, when they're founding, you know, or something, they're going, you know, what I want to do? I want to I want to limit discourse. You know, <laughs> like I want to I want to make people think worse than they're thinking now. Um, and and I think the, the one of the things we, you know, this is what something we picked I picked up from the social dilemma is is one of the most important things to remember when we when we approach social media is that. There, there are basically two, it's a business. And so because of that, there's, there's two models. One, you pay to get on. Most of the things, everything that every platform I mentioned and most social media platforms are free, Snapchat included, like all these things. And so that's, you know, 
so that model doesn't really fly mo- 99% of the time. But they still want money. And so if they're not charging you, then you are the product. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so and, and I think it was something that was like so eye-opening. I was like, wow, that was really simply put. But obviously this guy knows what he's talking about. But he was, because um, he was one of the founders of, I, I can't remember which company, but one of these things. And, and he goes, yeah. If you, if you're not paying for what you're using, then you are the product and we are selling your information to advertisers. And so to do that, we need you on our platform as often as possible. And this is how we do it. And which was, this is why this document was so, I I actually, I remember sharing it with a college student and, and, uh, she watched it with her friends and all of them got rid of Snapchat, TikTok. And, uh, I think they kept, I think they kept Facebook, um, because they weren't really, they were like, it's not addictive to us because it's just not good enough. Um, but when all the other ones, they just like purge from their phones and they like, I mean, I, I saw in a couple of months, like mental health improvement, you know, like genuine happiness improvement. Um, be- because this stuff is meant to be addictive, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I was saying before the podcast started how I just, I often warn you that just remember that little thing in your hand or the computer or the video games even that are placed on or, they're all meant uh, by the creator to keep you as long as possible because that's how they make their money. Yeah. And then when they can show that, wow, there's all these young, especially that demographic of young people because uh, all the data is showing that you get hooked them young. And this is why the, the uh, government is going after the cow on the, on the cigarette and the, and uh, the jewels and things like that oh, now because yeah. they're recognizing, uh, the, they're finally catching up to recognize, wow, advertisers figured out a long time ago you get kids to like something even that they can't have right now when they're young and they're much more likely to then go towards it when they're older. Mm. Now imagine that they actually can have it when they're young, something that's already uh, pretty addictive and is, and is meant to be so. Um, get them when they're young, they're really addicted, not just to that, but to all the other things you're leading to them towards because there is a, a working together among a number of these platforms as they buy information. Yeah. Yeah, Father, what, what would you say some of the some of the behaviors that indirectly social media um, perhaps uh, encourages um, among individuals? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, because I think there's a, there's a several for sure, and I I would say some of the the ones of biggest concern is one, it increases loneliness um, because of its addictive nature, and because I don't need to talk to you to feed my addiction, you know. Um, and, the, and I really can't share my addiction with you. Like, you know, uh, that, uh, that, yeah, that I'm gonna, like, I, I'm gonna go be alone and I, I think I'm content, but like, we're really like, that doesn't really work at like on a, on a anthropological level of like, man's not meant to be alone. Right. Like yep. Right there in the, what is it, the first chapter of Genesis? You know, like, like yep. it's not good for man to be alone. And so social media kind of encourages that because it's a, it's a, it's a alone activity. The second is, and this is kind of a, this is where social media went from a neutral tool to one of, 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 um, what do they call it? But it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a low level evil. It's not necessarily intentional in that way, but what it ended up happening is because of the algorithms to keep you connected, um, it polarizes us. And so, um, so there's kind of this very interesting thing of uh, one, pe- people have become 
more tolerant, except for a very few, a very slight belief. So younger people tend to be more tolerant of uh, progressive issues, um, and but also uh, they're just unable to to see the other side, right? Because 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 you don't need to because nuance is lost, like we we're talking about with Twitter, but um, also because you're not reading good things, you end up really poorly kind of explaining yourself. And so what ends up happening, and I, I read this a lot. I, I was shocked. The more I've kind of like branched out of like the few, um, you know, people who I, I was reading before, the more I started to see how often, and on both sides, this is not a progressive problem or a conservative problem. This is both sides, um, inside the church, outside the church. Everything is a moral issue, even when it's not. And so you who disagree on how we should spend money on the infrastructure bill are a morally evil person. And, the, and I'm going to show it to you by connecting how some bizarre point, right? Um, now, anybody who is who actually has, you know, good training in a lot of this stuff would would reject it. You know, this is this is this logical fallacy. Well, that does logical fallacies no longer exist on the Internet. I mean, they still exist in terms of actual discourse, but um, but on the Internet, you don't need it. Um, so I would say, I would say you have, you have the kind of pushing, uh, towards a progressive tendency, this loneliness. Um, and then of course what that ends up, uh, what ends up kind of happening is, is there's an inability to connect on a social level. And, um, that's, it's a tough one because in some sense it's, you know, we kind of, want to coddle children a little bit. And this is where too early social media use kind of affects it is that we don't really have younger people tend to really struggle with face-to-face communication. I think I would argue more than um, like I was a shy kid, you know, Um, (coughs) but I knew to look an adult in the eyes when they were talking to me. I, I, I don't always see that. You know, I, I, and I don't, and they feel very uncomfortable, I think, because they're just not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but they're also the same, um, the same thing that, you know, behind the screen, they're very vocal in their, in their viewpoints because there's a safety there. And, and I remember actually talking to, um, this, somebody who runs a school system and they, they said last year after COVID or with, you know, in the schools, they were having great trouble with, with, virtual learners and and disrespect and and honest abuse towards teachers because they were like kids who the year before had excellent behavioral marks all of a sudden got behind the screen and changed their personality um because of the anonymity that it allows you know um that because you don't have to deal with the immediate consequences and i say that not just as like a i'm going to be punished people some most people are good. They don't like hurting people, but like you don't recognize how a person reads. You know, let's say in a comment on on a on a video, you know, you call the per- the person dancing fat. You know, they're you're not seeing their reaction to it. But like if you were to call somebody to their face fat and they, their shoulders kind of dropped, you'd be like, oh, don't do that again. Like that was rude. But you're missing those social markers, and so people are have become in a sense, nastier, um, not, not really, but, but they have that safety behind the screen. 
Um, yeah, I, I remember this is a <clears throat> terrible uh, term, but I, I, <laughs> I remember the, a term beer muscles. You know, you would like young men would, let's say, do do different things after a beer or two. Mm. Um, they, you know, something that looked that maybe was dangerous before two beers wasn't didn't look as dangerous anymore. I think it applies to social media. You talked about Absolutely. the anonymity. Um, it does. A lot of people think that it that social media doesn't allow anonymity, but it certainly does. I mean, t- you know, Twitter you can make up any name and 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 get an account. Facebook to a lesser degree, um, but many of them do absolutely. You know, and I think it. I think people who are, I, I mean, I, it's, it's it often strikes me funny when I you know because your let's just take Facebook for example. Your Facebook friends are made up of people that. In some cases, uh, you you haven't seen in twenty five years, thirty years, maybe since high school, mm-hmm. um, and then you have your friends, Facebook friends, who you see on a daily basis or things like that, coworkers even. But it's funny because people that you know, and let's just say in my case that I've known for forty some years, and that, and the way they act and talk sometimes on social media is is not them, mm-hmm. you know. When I it was not their personality. You would think so. I think it does allow, and and when you said behind the screen, I think I want want to make sure people that we're not talking about confessionals. You were talking, uh, about, you were talking about, <laughs> you were talking about computer you know, screens. Although yeah. people may be different behind uh, the screen, um, but no, I think it does allow people to take on almost of a um, almost a I don't want to say alter ego, but different personality traits. Uh, I think that analogy is perfect. It's like beer muscles. I li- I've never heard of the beer muscles, but I like that. <laughs> I mean. No, and and there is there's a, there's a lot of that kind of mentality. So like so how do we you know I would say how does how does this affect the spiritual life right? Which is why you know uh, I mean I think there is a, a societal question that is good to address for sure, and and people smarter than I should be you know us should probably be talking about that. But like on the on a spiritual level, you know Father Scott, I think you mentioned before that you almost always tell your spiritual directories to to get rid of all social media, right? Yeah, because it's just not healthy. I've seen over the years just how <clears throat> it sucks away time, it sucks away happiness, it sucks away joy. It's a great temptation to narcissism mm. uh, that's so rampant in our society. Um, sometimes people who frequently come to me and go, I'm just so worried about what uh, people are thinking about me. And then I'll say, you know that most people are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves and what you're thinking about them. And they, and they always go, oh, you're right. <laughs> not <laughs> you enough know? time to think about other people. <laughs> exactly. Uh. And, and we all have a bit of that, but I think that's a, that especially happen, is happening now with, with uh, Twitter and all the things where I have to, and, and also the, the making of a fake person. Mm. You know, a lot of people are so afraid. I remember talking about a young person and, and not a young person and, and just saying, you know, if your friend, if these people are not your friends because of who you truly are and what your life is really like with all the boringness and everything, then, then even if they're your friends, they're really the friends of that person you've created, but not the real you. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I know bullying, bullying is a, has gotten a lot of attention over the past, you know, several years. The, the online bullying, <laughs> it makes face to face bullying look, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, ugh. Yeah, it is. It is. And, 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 that, and I think there's a lot of things that maybe we, you know, let's, cause I think Father Scott, you brought up about eight, eight really good reasons not to do it. So let's just kind of take, I mean, I think, I think the first one that, that is just the time, the, you know, the time yeah. suck yeah. that is social media. Uh, I, I rarely see somebody on, you know, you know, Facebook for f- three minutes, 
you know, like, like most people, they get on and they're on for 20, myself included, you know, you get on these, these sites and it's like, oh, like all of a sudden, like when I could have, I had time for a rosary today. It just turns out that instead I did, you know, this instead, um, you know, and I, I just, I just think if for no other reason, let's assume that all of the other things weren't true. Um, this should be enough. <laughs> let's be honest after being on Facebook or social media period for 20 minutes versus having said a rosary for 20 minutes, <laughs> the feeling <laughs> couldn't be more opposite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think, I think just that alone, just the fact that it, it by its nature takes, takes up a, a quite a bit of time. Um, it, it, it should be enough for us to kind of like, all right, wait, wait, let me make sure that I'm approaching this with, with due caution. Um, you know, you know, you mentioned that it sucks happiness and joy. Um, you know, really, it kind of leads to it. And funny enough, there's a lot of a lot of sociological data data to back that up. So, so, do you have any insight as to why why it would why it sucks out so much happiness? Yeah, because it, I, th- I think it really gears the mind to desire intimacy and maybe and, and or to desire. Uh, community, but there's, but the, and to be satisfied with this, but you, but your heart, your mind knows that it, this is not real. That they want something more. Um, I think it, it takes away, the, there's a sadness perhaps coming away from it more than anything else when people start to realize more and more that this is, there must be more. Is this really all there is? And, um, and just staring at that screen with uh, constant stimulation. And the need for constant stimulation, <clears throat> and then suddenly the screen goes off, and you're just left with yourself. And let's be honest, your social media is is you're only putting out there your best stuff. Mm. No one's ever you don't ever see a Facebook post that says I got fired today, I bounced two checks, and I <laughs> you know you know whatever. And the dog it's, threw. Up. Yeah, it's yeah. always you know this artificial life that you you see, and it can really. Absolutely, you know. absolutely. I actually, I had a, uh, a spiritual director of mine who posted on Facebook, and she she goes, you're going to look at these pictures and think that I'm at the happiest point in my life. And and she really did. I mean, she was, it was in like, she was on this beach in Costa Rica. She's smiling. She's, you know, there's water splashing around her. Like, it looked amazing. And she goes, this is what was really going on in my life. And, and I like read the thing and I was like, ooh. Like she was like, I had an ear infection and I was tired and I missed, you know, I missed the flight the day before and all these things. She goes, yeah, of course I could smile in this picture. And if you look at the picture and nothing else, like, and only what I put out, she goes, stop, stop basing your happiness on, on this. I think father, Scott, you also brought up the fact that that stimuli of, of social media that, that I think, I think the raised expectations, this is, this is actually a huge problem in a lot of fronts. Um, has really kind of warped our our ability, you know, because because we're inundated with so many images of things in general. W- not only do we suffer from perfectionism, but we suffer from an impossible perfectionism. Like we used to at least be like, oh, I need to be perfect. Like my heavenly Father is perfect, and like even though we probably weren't going to get there, at least there was a image of what it was. Well, now it changes every three weeks what perfection is. I I, I think. Um, and I, and I really didn't want to talk about it because, because I, I don't like. But, but at the same time, <laughs> this is this is this is a. It's, I don't. It's not funny. I know it's not funny, 
But it is a funny problem that is actually it's we see a lot because of porn, right? And I know, you know, I was trying not to talk about porn or social media thing because I think it's over. It's just said so often, and and there are dangers even outside of just the exposure to pornography. Although that's also a huge problem. But actually, they're seen in certain cultures, Japan in particular, a, a inability for young men to have intercourse with a real woman because of what the mind has done. And so, like, you know, it's, it is. It's it's constant stimulation, and it's more extreme. And so now the normal, we can't get it. Well, okay, so even removing the most, you know, powerful of our bodily desires, even when it comes to other things of happiness, well, wait, I can't get to that extreme, most extreme happiness. Like, I can't get to a beach in Costa Rica, so then I can't be happy in La Plata, mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah and I true. And I think that, I, I think you're, yeah, that, that sucking of happiness, it's just, I mean, if you, if you're basing a lot of your time, you know, and in, in on the, behind the screen, like, it's going to happen. And I especially saw this, I think I mentioned before, in a, as a college chaplain um, mm-hmm. before, that, Kids, even kids who came from good, solid marriage, um, good family, um, smart, intelligent, beautiful, athletic, all the, you know, mm-hmm. everything that one would think naturally on a natural level, this should, these should be some of the happiest people. And yet so many of them are dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. So many of them are, are their emotions just quickly. I mean, one bad, one thing happens bad and it's just, they just you know, obsess and go straight down the hole. And, and they can't deal with stress. They can't deal with disappointment. And it's like, what happened? I mean, I, 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 I remember back in college, and I don't remember <laughs> many people like this. There was the, the yeah. kid, a couple of kids who were homesick. But outside of that, I, I don't remember nearly what's happening. And I, I think a key factor in this has been a lot of the social media and having just been so connected to it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and, and needing that constant stimulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. My, no, I was just uh, a couple years ago in, in Guadalupe. Um, I left my, I le- we were waiting for our group to get back. We were in the Basilica there. I left my phone. I just finished taking some pictures of uh, some, uh, <laughs> Father Larry had gone outside and um, this one group of people had come up to him and asked for him to bless something simply because he had a cassock on. And he did, and lit within within one minute, there were forty people lined up, and so I had, I was kind of taking pictures as a joke, and when we we finished that up, we got back in, sat in the basilica for a little while. I put my phone down right next to one of the confessionals, and I got up to do something. I came back, and was gone. So three or four days left uh, in this in this uh, pilgrimage with no phone, and. My immediate was reaction. I was trying to convince myself. Well, I can't. You know, it's going to be difficult. I was. I was to try take pictures of the pilgrims and what a great you know all the scenery and all this stuff. And I remember um, getting back to you know the, my my little cell in the convent. Um, literally thinking, okay, because obviously there's no TV. There's no. There's no. There's no anything. It was. It was me and the reading material I brought. It was almost. I was like, you know, point taken, Lord. I get it. You know, um, and and it, I had a really weird, I don't want to say conversion, but I mean, it was a almost a wake up call at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, made it through the four days and the flight back. Uh, I, you know, it, it used to be the joke. Some of my friends uh, who traveled frequently would always, you know, you'd see on their phone, Facebook, uh, you know, checked in at Washington. 
Dulles and, and flying to whatever. And, you know, my one friend who was a little bit more snarky would be like, yeah, did you realize you can actually fly somewhere? without checking in on Facebook <laughs> and without telling people, you know, that you're going somewhere. And I realized, you know, I, while I was doing these great posts, you know, in Guadalupe and all this stuff, I was realized, why was I doing it? And it was, it just was like a, the biggest, almost, you know, smack in the head um, that I didn't have my phone for four days, and especially at a, at a religious, you know, um, pilgrimage site. But um, anyway, the struggle. It is. Especially when the screen time message comes up once a week. You know, and tells you that you've just increased by 32% over last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. And Father, you also brought up narcissism, yeah. right, as 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 a result of social media. And, I, I mean, I think I made that great comment of, you know, nobody cares about what you're, you know, nobody's caring about what you think because they're too busy thinking about themselves. So how, do, how does that affect this, the spiritual life, right? We kind of talked about it, you know, in terms of the time wasting and, and all that. But um, when it comes to comes to that, like how... Yeah, well, what happens with narcissism is we're so stuck in ourselves. We can't, we can't open the doors for Christ to enter in, for the Holy Spirit, who already the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who wants to speak to us, who, who is, as uh, Saint Augustine says, who is shouting mm-hmm. and screaming for us to, 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 you know, let him in, to open up, and it becomes much harder. So I hear so many who, uh, even when they make time for prayer, they find that they can't concentrate, they can't meditate. Um, they can't stand silence. They can't uh, deal with the lack of noise, with the lack of uh, their eyes being occupied, their mind being occupied by something coming at them yeah. that's very visual as much as possible and, and very much taking up their ears. You know, and, and I mean, I, I think one, one passage we don't talk nearly enough about in the, in the church, and I, and I actually think we can extend this even to most Protestant churches, um, is is the story of, of Elijah on the mountain, right? You know, Second Kings, right? Second Kings yep. nineteen, and um, and you know, just the whole story of you know he he goes up the mountain and the earthquakes and the God's not in the earthquake and the fire rages. He's not in the fire, right? And the uh, is, the mountain is buffeted and he's not there. And then a still small uh, breeze comes by, and he bows his head. He bows and covers his head, and he knows that God is present in it. You know. As much as Augustine <laughs> talked about being shouted at, for the most part, God doesn't shout. You know, he's he is such a small, small, delicate voice. Probably because he knows himself. <laughs> when he wants to shout, you know, there's no, there's no maybe you'll listen. Like when he shout, like I think that's Augustine's experience is like, yeah, no. At the point I re- finally realized you really wanted me uh, so much so that, you know, you all but took my free will because you could at any time. You know, it's a gift itself. So I think, you know, oftentimes we have this, I think it's a problem within the church in general, Protestant and Catholic, to to just try and make us, make the message of God sound like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's not necessarily godly, you know, and, and social media is kind of added to that. And I think just even the approach of social media that has kind of seeped into how we discuss things, you know, cause you know, we have, I, I would argue that there are certain social media organizations that um, pretend to be, you know, news media organizations, um, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I was talking to somebody about, you know, like the daily wire, I would argue. Um, I, would, I would argue church militant is another social media basically thing that pretends that they're a, a journalist organization. I would say there, there are other 
liberal uh, counterparts as well. Um, but the problem is that it becomes so so divisive, and it sounds like the rest of the world. But you just mentioned God a couple of times, or, or the church, and I think we need to be very attentive to that. Um, the, if if we're if we're shouting, even if we're shouting about God, then God's voice can't be heard, and and I think that's one of these things that that happen often. That social media is kind of encouraged is everybody sound alike, you know, and then we'll just let the ideas. Uh, you agree with whatever you want to. Um, and too often I think we've we've gotten to the point as Christians to just try and be like the rest of the world and hope that somebody realizes we're not. And and I, I think it is something that we all, I, I think we should be attentive to in, in our own examination of conscience to be like, am I, not only am I using too much time, which I think people are pretty good about recognizing, but also am I acting like a Christian behind the screen, um, behind, behind the computer screen, that is, <laughs> uh, you know. And another, another thing I think that's happening too is our, our tendency just to then uh, follow those who we are most like or whose, uh, what they post uh, is pleasurable to us. So we, it's also a furthering of a, this, a type of narcissism where everyone has to, I have to be comfortable. Mm. And comfortable is where I, I make my own little world now. And I can pick and choose who's in that world. And if you start saying things that uh, disturb me, I cancel you. Yeah. You know, I I, de- I defriend you, and you're out. Yeah. And and I, and I remember the first time someone told me that happened to them, and they were really upset. And I, I kind of laughed. I thought, oh, what, what's the big deal? It was like the equivalent of a smack or a punch, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to them. Um, or if it even worse, because you know they just cut them off, and everybody knew it was very you know. Everyone knew that you know this person wasn't wasn't going to be friended anymore. So I, I do think it has these again these wider consequences, um, even to the ability to um, hear voices other than the ones you agree with, and to have to to work with people who might have very different views than yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and I think you know we're we're scratching the surface of of how to how to handle social media i think and you know as it's kind of still very much in its you know now it's pretty much in its adolescence you know of uh it's becoming kind of its own thing and and you know it's it's all over the place i think there's very few people left who aren't on some sort of social media or never have been at least um and so i think we're kind of given just a little bit of pointers but i think if you can kind of just kind of say like you know i commonly say you know Look at look at where your time is, you know, because because your heart follows where your time is, you know. If if you're if you're too much, you'll know very quickly if you're too much on your phone instead of with your family. You'll know that you're too much, you know, in the news instead of uh, in prayer, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I think I think we can kind of just say, you know, without kind of being controlling of saying limited to this much time. It's it's more like be attentive. Be conscious, be aware of of what um, what God is trying to do in your life, and and don't don't give in to the distraction. Um, instead of you know, instead of sitting in the uncomfortableness, so that you can suffer to hear God. Right, God comes often with suffering, and that's and that's a good thing. Um, Yet after saying all that, 
there are good some good things on social media. And that's why I keep that's why we highlighted at the beginning. It is neutral. Yeah. It it very much is a tool that we can use for the good. I mean, I can't tell you how often I kind of have laughed as I've scrolled through and I look at something and go, and I didn't know I needed to hear that. Um, that being said, uh, you know, we have to we have, we may have to adjust our ways. I remember a priest, he's a very fine priest, oratorian in Pittsburgh, and really loves like the desert fathers. And so he would have these long posts on them. And I never read them because they were, you know, you had to actually read. And, um, and then he, you know, one time he posted some goofy picture of his office and something. And he goes, the next day he wrote a post and said, I just want to let everyone know that I had 300 likes on that post of my office with three lines of text. And I get one when I post the most, the most important, you know, <laughs> you know, theological <laughs> truths, you know? And, and I was just like, yep, but I believe that with everything I have. Um, so, so yeah, we just have to, we have to be aware that um, just because something comes quick, you know, oh, be attentive to, to the fast food mentality of it's quick. It'll get you, it'll get you full, but it won't get you necessarily healthy. Um, and then just as the bigger picture of like, yes, social media has provided some very good things. Some, it has connected people and, and, but it is a tool and a tool that can be used for good or evil. And right now we're, we're warning you of the evils. <laughs> Amen. All right. Father Scott, you want to offer us a blessing? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the uh, different things and ways in which you have called us uh, here today and especially to that particular purpose for which you have us here and all those listening to uh, really take and ponder well, all of us, uh, what we've learned and to open ourselves to reading and learning more for our good and for the good of other souls, that we not allow discouragement or uh, anything else keep us from giving ourselves fully to you, Lord, and to the many graces you wish to work in us and through us. And this we pray, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.